Hi everyone, welcome to the webinar. I was just getting a few things set up. Now I did one yesterday. Everybody wanted an update today, so you're going to get a full live webinar today as well. And I've got a whole bunch of stocks to run past you uh, that we've updated since yesterday. So let's just jump right into it. Tell me where you're from and that you can hear me loud and clear. And also, I'm going to share my screen with you at the same time. Uh, in fact, there's a ton of stuff I've got to share with you, uh, which you're going to love compared to yesterday. So welcome one and all. Uh, and like I said, let me know that you can hear me loud and clear uh, so that I get that sorted. This is what the webinar's about. You know this from yesterday. Okay, the markets this year so far are up 55% on the NASDAQ, 25% on the S&P 500, yet I keep getting people emailing me saying their pension is up next to nothing, 5%, maybe 7%, 8%, let alone, as you'll see in a second, some people whose pensions have barely budged over that time frame. Thank you all. Good afternoon. Horsham, Jersey, Teesside, Surrey, Gloucester, Surrey, uh, Lancashire, Taunton, Somerset, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, and I'll tell you what I'm going to do. So it's not the same as yesterday, though there'll be obviously overlap. Uh, my team has got back to me with, remember I made a short list of some of the stocks that we're going to start looking at for next year. So they give me uh, uh, the research. They send me the research. I then finalize the, the list. So we'll give you an update on that and which ones uh, are in the short list and which ones won't make the short list and which ones may well be the ones that I end up picking on Tuesday. And I'll probably end up, I think, doing a webinar next week because what happens is on the first of each month, I get, I update all the data and then I decide for the month ahead or the 12 months ahead what I'm going to hold. So today I'm going to give you what's really looking likely, how I'm picking them and so on. And then probably do another webinar next week where I'll go through uh, and give you the ones that I've uh, selected that I particularly happen to like. But remember, this is what I might purchase. What would be suitable for you will be different because I don't know your personal risk reward profile. That's why it's important to know somebody's uh, risk reward profile, where they are on a scale of zero to 10. Usually when I ask people that, I put zero as, say, a Microsoft volatility about 13, 14%. But as we saw in 2022, could still drop 20% in a year and probably the safest company I can think of. And a 10 would be like a meta, which again, is not going to go bust. But in 2022, dropped 80%. And this year rose 250%. So you can see why I put on a risk profile 0 to 10. How do we harness and grab hold of some of those upsides without falling foul of the downsides? And those are the things that I'm going to discuss. My own background is I have written 18 books on investing. I launched my hedge fund in 2004. Uh, the very first fund was Cayman Island Domiciled. Uh, even though we're a UK asset management company. And then subsequent to that, there's been various private equity fund launches uh, by, actually, those are largely run by my partners because I don't like the private equity part. Okay, uh, I'm more on the listed public markets and that's what we're going to focus on. That's a little bit of the agenda of what we're going to cover today. Uh, and as I said, on top of that, some of the things that I didn't get a chance to cover yesterday, I'm going to cover as well. Uh, like I do a free portfolio review. There's got a whole bunch of free stuff. Uh, do connect with me on LinkedIn. This is all on alpishpatel.com forward slash links, or you can just use that URL. They're both the same. Okay. And I think yesterday I forgot to mention... Uh, you can download a free copy of my book, Investing Unplugged, free copy. And this is all a bunch of free stuff as well there. So we'll come back to some of that stuff a little bit later on. 
but I just wanted to make sure people have got access to that. And that's my uh, LinkedIn page in case you've missed it from <laughs> from before. Okay, so quite a lot to get through, quite a lot to get through. And I'm going to go through all of that. Most importantly, you want to know, Alpesh, which stocks look interesting? How much should I have in stocks? How many stocks should I have? How do I know when to exit? How much should I have in funds? And how much should I have in cash? And equally importantly, Alpesh, if the market this year is up 55% on the NASDAQ and 25 on the S&P and the Dow is up 13, then how come my SIP and my ISA are nowhere near that kind of performance? So I'm going to deep dive into what you need to ask your IFA, how you sack your IFA, and what you need to look at into your pension and why it's just blowing away money. Okay, so we're going to look into that. So even if you don't follow my approach, and I'm going to suggest an approach to you, approach which from my 250-odd columns in the Financial Times, I've talked about and talked about ad nauseum. I've talked about it in my books. I could just say to you all, well, wait a minute, why are you on the webinar? Why haven't you, why aren't you familiar with all this? I've been talking about it for 23 years. But um, even if you don't want to take my approach, at least you'll know the right questions to ask your IFA or your pension fund manager and the like. I'm also going to, through all of this, to keep you engaged, uh, do polls. And so I'll put a little poll up now. Uh, asking you what you're going to think with the UK markets. Now, the first question I want to ask is, you just saw that the NASDAQ was up 55%. Now, that's not normal. It's not typical. Although, 2021, similar kind of result. Okay, so given that it's not normal, is 40% for us realistic? And the answer is no. It's not realistic unless one of, well, unless all 10 of these conditions are met, which is why the simple answer is no, because most people are not going to meet these 10 conditions. So it's easier to say to them, no, no, you can't do it. It's not going to happen. Okay. And even I can't do it every year, just so you know. I can only do it in years when these 10 conditions are met. And those years are, well, one, if the market has a massive tailwind. Think of a plane going from New York to London. Same pilot, same airplane. Sometimes you get to do it in four hours. Sometimes it takes seven hours. Why? Tailwind, headwind. It's just that same pilot, same plane, same skills. Everything's the same. I don't change. The markets in many ways don't change. So if there's a tailwind, then yeah, you can do it in those. But that's one requirement. There's 10 requirements. The second requirement is high Sortina. And I, I, I need to teach you this. And this is really important. You can Google it afterwards what it means. Sortina is basically the average return. Okay, the average return of a stock or a fund or anything else, the average return versus the risk. So the reward versus the risk, another word for risk is volatility, the volatility of missing that return to the downside, i.e. underperforming. If you overachieve, nobody minds, which is why when fund managers talk about sharp ratios, they're absolute idiots because it looks at both volatilities. Nobody in my industry, the hedge fund industry, ever looks at sharp ratio. We'll get Sortinos, okay? It's the more sophisticated measure, if I may say so, and put it that way. I'm gonna, we're going to have fun. It's, 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 it's in this. There's going to be a few jokes thrown in, so grab a pen and paper and a camera phone uh, for this. So you want a high Sortino, and I'm going to show you in a second why. And I'll tell you why. As a fund manager, as a hedge fund manager, um, we're asked not what's your performance. We are asked that. But actually, the first question we're asked is what's your Sortino? And I'll tell you why. Imagine you've got two cricketers both getting 50 runs I, per, on average per game. That means they've got the same performance, doesn't it? Well, no, it doesn't. If one gets 50 every single game, but the other one might get a century or a duck, there's a big difference between their performances, even though the average looks the same. You want, if you want to become a billionaire, it's really simple. 
just have high sortino returns and high alpha. Alpha means you're just outperforming the market. Not because, not because you're copying the market and are more volatile. So if the market goes up 10%, you go up 20. But if the market falls 10%, you fall 20. That's not outperformance. That's just leverage or what's called beta. You want alpha, i.e. asymmetric. When the market rises, you want to outperform it. When it falls, you want to make sure you don't fall as far. So how the hell do you do that? I'll let you into a really big secret and a, a bit of a cheat, okay? You don't need to read magazines and become a, a get a master's degree in economics from the world's best university for any of that. What you do is you find the stocks which have the high alphas. Now, that doesn't guarantee you it will continue. Nothing I'm going to tell you guarantees what's going to happen in the future any more than I could guarantee you that Putin will not nuke Ukraine. I can't guarantee that. So how the hell can I guarantee anything else in 2024? I can't guarantee any. The one guarantee I can give you is I can't guarantee anything in 2024 because God knows in 2022, we couldn't guarantee what was going to happen in 2023. Did you know how this year was going to turn out? I didn't. I didn't. Okay. So I'm not in the forecasting business. I'm in the resilience business, which is high alpha stocks. I sort of, I cheat. I just get the stocks which already deliver the kind of portfolio I want by having the alphas and the high sortinos. And it's a, there's another cheat I have, which I'll show you later. It's, it's such a shortcut. It's like, you know, when you know, you stay at a hotel and you've got your room key, but you know, the master key is the cheat and gets you anywhere. And you just, you know, or you've got a back code into software, like the Apple iPhone has a password, but there's a back door. That's what this is. Okay. So also you're not going to get 40% if you're just doing UK. It's just not going to happen unless you're some miraculously doing some kind of oil uh, mining company or gold mining company on AIM. Good luck with that. I don't do AIM stocks. I haven't done AIM stocks since I was a student in the early 90s at university when it was fine because obviously as a student, I knew I was going to live forever and I knew everything. So that's when I last did AIM stocks as well. Uh, high alpha pepper. I love it. Um, and it's not going to come from emerging markets because yes, some years you're going to get your forties and your fifties and other years you're going to get minus 40 and 50. It's not asymmetric. Now, strictly, it's not US only. Strictly, I shouldn't say that, but it's the easiest, biggest market for me to get into for my SIP and ISA. Okay. And the returns are so great. I'm going to outperform any currency or transaction fees, you know, the extra 1% I might risk on anything else. All right. Condition number four, the only way to get 40%, we're going to go through all of this, is if you can go to cash in a bad year like 2022. We had once in six years, my home insurance policy, my car insurance policy, and the fact that I wear a seatbelt comes in bloody handy. Once in six years, roughly once in six years, 2008, March 2000, 2020 March, but it, we got a V-shaped recovery. So I barely had the chance to take off the seatbelt and boom, the market went back up. So we, let's not ca- catch March 20. 20 because it was really v-shaped the covid thing uh, uh and then 2022 february 2022 we should have been all in cash your fund managers can't do that so you lost all your money and i'll show you why fund managers screw you over they get you on the the ladder for six years and then in the s- seventh year they get you right back to the start again but they're collecting fees all along so yeah if you can go into cash and i'll explain in this webinar why that's so important the ability not just to make money but to keep it okay if you monitor once a fortnight that's what you're going to have to do if you're going to use this approach you know because because what you're going to have to do is monitor the portfolio once a fortnight you're not going to trade it just in case anything drops now i'll tell you why and i'll show you images in a second meta fell 80 percent in 2022 but rose 250 percent in 2023 so why is it those funds like fundsmith and 
Scottish mortgage ended up giving you uh, on that stock a 0% return? Well, because they rode it all the way down because they thought buy and hold forever. That's what we do, right? Well, no, if you're going to see an 80% decline, that's like saying, yeah, well, I don't care how often I get punched. I'm just going to take it on the chin. And so when it went up 250%, that just paid for the losses. So they got up with zero. Whereas we got the 250 from this year because, and you can see that on my Telegram channel. The great thing about my Telegram channel, and I'll give you the links later as well. Well, they're on the com forward slash links, is um, everything's timestamped. So you can go back and look. Oh, yeah, February said uh, last year, 2022, get out of uh, Meta. And then he said, get into it in 2023, January. Okay. If you monitor once a fortnight, so I'm going to show you how to do that. That process is critical. Otherwise, you can't get those excess returns. Um, if good years make up for bad, obviously, if 2023 makes up for 2022. Otherwise, you can't get that average. You're not going to get it like a bank account every year. In 2022, if you've got a 0% return, brilliant, perfect, well done. Because this year should make up for that. And I'll show you how this year has turned out for us uh, as well. If croaky stocks like Goldman Sachs, and I'll explain what croaky stocks are. Goldman Sachs Wealth Management, if you give them 50 million pounds, then they will take you on as a private client and they'll pick stocks based on cash return on capital invested. I'll show you the slides later that they use because they pitch me and I stole the slides and then reverse engineer and just do it myself. Uh, then you'll get there because they say those stocks will generate 30% per annum on average, not every year. Some years they'll do more, some years they'll do less. And on average, it'll come to 30. And not every stock which has that high croak, because it's the bat as a basket. Uh, uh, otherwise, you'd have a 30% per annum bank account. I'd love that, wouldn't I? So I'll show you their slides and why that's important to get to there. There's still three more conditions, eight, nine, and 10. If you hold for 12 months, then reevaluate. If you keep trading it and keep pulling it up, that's a different strategy. I don't know what return you get, if any, okay? And if you sell anything which drops 25% from the peak, you might sell it a little bit sooner on special circumstances. I'll explain those. Most years, you won't have to do anything. You buy it for 12 months and hold it for 12 months, and that's that. It's that's what the only reason you're monitoring it is just in case once every six years you have to go into cash or any one of those 15, 20, 30, 40 stocks you've got, one of them drops uh, like a meta. You don't want to drag it all the way down 80%. That's why. And does it work? Well, UK, if you can do 18 using this approach, then US tends to do at least twice as well as the UK. Actually, it does more than twice as well, but I've taken a very pessimistic uh, assumption of two times. And one of the biggest problems that we've got is this, okay? And and, and this is why I tell people, check your own pensions. This one's by Legal and Giant. I got this email from someone. This was provided by my employer. The information was shocking, 20% growth between 2012 and 2022. Now, I'll tell you what was shocking. I got that on December the 19th, okay? December the 19th. I'll tell you what was shocking, that unfortunately, this lovely person Hadn't checked it for 10 years, thinking, oh, my employer contributes. It must be rather good. Probably the best pensions out there are the civil service defined benefit ones, okay, where basically your final salary ones, okay. Uh, the civil service ones are renowned for being rather good. And if you've got one of those, you know, I'd say, well done, congratulations. And that's that's what you get for having a rubbish salary for all your life. Because sadly, civil servants don't get paid enough. My wife is one, Right. Outside of that, you really need to ask your employer, what the hell's the money in and why is it there? And of course, legal and general are happy to, well, I mean, it's not your employer's fault. They don't know any better. Legal and general salesmen came along and 
20% in 10 years, 20% in 10 years. And that's part of my audience that I'm trying to get them to ask the right question. And I'll tell you why this is worrying. And by the way, I'll do this before. I know a lot of you were on yesterday. So I will make sure that we go to um, the finalized uh, the sort of the short list that my team sent because the team hadn't sent it by yesterday, which includes some of these and so on. So I will go through that. So don't worry. Uh, uh, and the reason this is so worrying, oops, is based on the growth percentages provided in that email over that 10 year period. Here's what someone started with a hundred thousand in their pension would now have in each index. If they'd only track the index, I'm not even saying doing anything I've suggested. So forget me, 99% of people on this webinar will say, well, that's really interesting, Alpish. I'm just going to do it my own way. And that's perfectly fine. At least you will have learned already, call your bloody employer up and say, well, I want to see my pension or HR department. Just, just as a starting point, even if you do nothing else, because then at least you'll know if you're being screwed, right? Because they might be using anesthetic and you might not realize it's happening to you. Here's what someone starting with 100,000 in their pension would have now in each index. If they just copied the NASDAQ, they'd have a 382% return. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen in the next 10 years. That boat might have sailed, for all I know. I'm not saying that. I can't guarantee the future. I'm just telling you how they got shafted. So there's a whole bunch of Americans who also started with 100,000 pounds, and they naturally put it in the NASDAQ, and they're rich. If ever you wonder why Americans are rich, partly it's because of their stock market because their stock market is what their pension funds invest in. Just look at that. What do our guys do? They could invest in their stock market, but for some reason, the dimwits don't, and they screw you royally over. Unfortunately, in Britain, we've got too used to being accepted, accepting that we're going to get shafted and screwed and being poor. That's not necessarily the case. That is not destiny. S&P 500, if you just track that, you'd go from 100,000 to 266,000. There's nothing stopping you. You can put that in an ISA and a SIP. Nothing stopping you. All right? Miski, United Kingdom, well, you would have had an extra £24,000 after 10 years. That's got nothing to do with me. I didn't say you should do this. I'm not sure that's going to happen over the next 10 years. I can't guarantee it. But I can tell you something. There's a bloody big difference between 124000 and 482000 I know enough from my maths education to know that's something worth bloody looking into and calling my employer up and saying, what the hell are you doing with my pension? Or whoever's managing your damn thing. And that's the moment you tell your IFA, you sap, bugger off, you crap. Okay, because I bet you they've got you closer to this. Now, let's look at how we avoid that problem. The process I take, very simple, I'm going to break it down for you. Uh, uh, I take an entire database. Okay, I take, I take 10 thousand you know you don't have to do this you don't have to do this all right i'm going to show you i put in ten thousand companies that i will look at why ten thousand and i'll tell you why right the reason i look at ten thousand companies is this eugene famer who i wrote about in my book and in my financial times columns won the nobel prize in 2016 or 2018 because he put this he put data to the reason why fund managers underperform and why private investors underperform. And the fundamental reason was, he said, well, statistically, if you are looking at a narrow gene of 
a narrow gene pool of stocks to look from, which is what one most fund managers do. Fidelity, Vanguard, they will get trillions under management. Now they've got too much money to make one fund out of. So they make these tiny little UK funds, US funds, UK growth, US growth, Vietnamese income, Asian growth, special opportunity, blah, 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 blah. And then they say to the fund manager, right, you can only pick from these companies. So the fund manager with so much money has to pick from, essentially, because otherwise they'd end up taking over the companies, a very narrow group of, say, British companies, maybe 50 British companies. And he's hoping he outperforms the market. Now, he's not going to say to you, don't give me your money. He's got kids in private school. The fund manager is not going to tell you that. The IFA barely understands what the hell's going on anyway. Uh, so the IFA is not going to say anything. So what we do is we say, well, screw that. We want to look at 10,000 CVs. A company is a factory for making money is a CV, a collection of CVs of people you're asking to manage your pension or your children's inheritance. That's all a company is to me. And they all have one thing in common. They have three sets of accounts, balance sheet, profit and loss, and cash flow statements. Okay, so we go through 10,000. None of these made my cut. None of these made my cut. Now, if you've got to go through 10,000 CVs, for a start, if I've got somebody looking after my son's inheritance, I'm not going to say, yeah, I'm going to be really racist and only have British people look after it or only have Vietnamese people or only Chinese funds will do. Of course not. I don't give a damn where the companies are, what they're doing. I want to be able to put them in my SIP and I said, all of these are eligible. No wonder fund managers eff it up anyway, because first of all, they don't look at a load of them. And then the ones they look at are usually ones that look at how many should not be in anybody's fund. All right. I mean, let alone the fact that down 98%, down 60%, down 27%, yeah, right? I want these first five columns, I'll mark them, they have to be all green. They all have to be green to get into my fund, to get into my SIP or ISA or my son's junior uh, ISA. And I can tell you something, as a parent, nothing motivates as much as guilt. The parents on here know what I'm talking about. If I mess it up, I got to answer to my son, who's five at the moment, and say, sorry, son, uh, daddy messed it up. And nothing motivates like fear. If I mess it up, I've got to explain to my wife I messed it up. That's where the fear comes in. Not so much the guilt, just the fear. Right? My point being, you better believe I want to get this right. I don't want to get it right just to write books and show off to you guys that, oh, all right. I've got fear and regret on each shoulder. Yeah? Son, wife, fear, regret the other way around okay so we go through that now what is it that we should look at because we need to answer a few questions in this webinar which is okay what are you looking at so from that i filter what i call so i'll go through what i look for i look for value box to be ticked because this whole notion i'll tell you other lies you've been told okay lie number one you've been told oh we should be widely diversified the reason journalists tell you that is because they know you know nothing so you better be diversified because then you can't go back to the journalists and say, what the hell, mate? You know, diversification, as Warren Buffett said, is an insurance policy against ignorance. But if you know what you're doing, you don't need to be diversified. You do what Warren Buffett does. And I'll show you the billionaires portfolios in a second. You put all your eggs in one basket and watch the basket, which is why I say just keep an eye on it every two weeks. You probably in a year don't have to do anything with it. But at least you're just keeping an eye on it in case anything's fallen like a meta dropped 80% last year. If it's rising 250% this year, you didn't need to do anything. You just kept the gain, right? So we'll work out specifics. I'll give you a flow chart of the specifics of what you do and make sure you're not spending more than five minutes every fortnight. That's it. Five minutes every fortnight. That's it. Okay. And if you think when I told you the process you should use, I've missed something out, <laughs> let me know, right? We want to tip the value. But so the other lie you've been told other than diversification is, and I'll tell you why diversification is a lie. When the markets are rising, you don't want diversification. You want concentration. 
because diversification would imply that when the markets are rising, you want some stocks which are falling. You don't want that. When the markets are falling, you think you want diversification because you want some stocks to be rising even though the market's falling. Actually, no, you want really good companies. And there are very few of those. Because when the markets are falling, everything's correlated to the downside. I didn't write that. I got it from the Nobel-winning laureate uh, Eugene Famer. And the time I wrote this book, by the way, was when I was a visiting fellow in business at Corpus Christi College, Oxford, and I was lecturing on this stuff as well. So this is not just popped out of some bloke on the internet. There's some serious academic research which went into it by those people who I then propagated their information. I stood on their shoulders. Value, I want to tick the value box. Okay. Oh, so sorry, correlation to the downside. That means when Costco falls, a retailer, so does Microsoft. Look at 2008. Look at COVID. Everything fell. You think there was some way to diversify those market falls? No. The best option you had were two things. Have a few quality companies so at least you had ample time to exit. That's one. Two, just look at it for five minutes every week or every fortnight just in case something is slowly dying. They don't go from 100 to 10 in one day. Or Meta didn't go from 100 to 20 in a day. When we got out, we were already sitting on a 100% gain at or more, and we had it dropped 10% from the highest it's been. So we're still on a 90% gain, and it fell 80%. And that's a good example. The, key, the reason I keep mentioning that is because once every six years, it's like you needed the insurance to keep looking at it for five minutes, okay? Is it worth looking at five minutes every uh, fortnight? I think so if you want those returns. If you don't, give it to an IFA who will happily... Uh, uh, take your money off you and give you nothing so we want to so the other lie is that you can either be growth or value or dividend absolute nonsense i created an algorithm but well exactly 20 years ago 1994 sorry uh yeah nine sorry 2004 2004 dementia 2004 i created an algorithm which looks at the valuation of a company, and I'll give you the metrics I use in a second, the revenue growth, the profit growth, uh, the dividend deals, and the cash flow. Why? Well, because we know from the academic research and the data that companies which, companies which are uh, undervalued tend to do better than ones which are overvalued, but there's no guarantee and there's exceptions. There's no guarantee and there's exceptions. So we know value is important, but we know it's not the only factor. And we know there's exceptions that you can have overvalued companies. But in my pension, I don't want overvalued ones. We also want to tick the growth box at the same time, i.e. revenue growth and the share price is low compared to profits, i.e. undervalued and high growth. Want to tick both boxes. You've been told the lie that you can have one or the other. Absolute bloody nonsense. Actually, there's a momentum box. I'll show you all the boxes you want ticked. There's a momentum box as well. You've been told that you can have one or the other. No. If you want to gamble, you have a growth company with which is overvalued. Okay? You might say, well, wait a minute. Isn't Amazon? Where does that fit in? I'll show you how it all fits in. Value has probably about a 40% weighting in terms of that's how important it is. It's twice as important as growth. We know this from the academic literature and the analysis that the academics have done. We know growth is about a 20% weighting, and we know it's important because we know that growing companies tend to do better than ones which aren't, but there are exceptions, and there's no guarantee every year that that would be the case. Otherwise, it'd be easy. You'd pick one stock, and that'd be it. Okay, and same with dividend deals. That's only about a 10% weighting, and same with cash return capital invested. That's a higher weighting, and I'll, I'll come to all of this. I'm just setting it all up for you. So these are all the factors that we want to look at. That's why when I say 
This is the approach I suggest. Now, you don't have to take my approach. You might say, I'm not going to take your approach. I'm going to just take this from it or this bit, or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So watch the webinar and take the bits you want. That's entirely fine. It's up to you. It's your money. Okay. You don't have to do it all the way I'm saying, but at least you'll learn a lot in the webinar from everything that's in the book and get a free copy of the book as well. Right. So what I do is I get, I score it out of 10 value, growth, income, cash return on capital invested, the Deutsche Bank thing, the Goldman Sachs wealth management thing. I'll come to again. We want that to be green. We want performance over six. You can see how few companies will meet my criteria. Okay. It's probably easier to get a Nobel Prize in economics than get into my portfolio. And you might think, Oh, that one made it. Alpesh. No, it didn't. It's only a four grand vision media holdings. And look at the bloody volatility. I want volatility to ideally be below 20%. Again, it's, it's better. Now notice how I didn't look at the various sectors. I didn't look how much they've fallen off the highs. All the return beats or the market cap had far less significant to the point that it was pointless looking. There's a lot of stuff which really might work now and again, might work one year, but it hasn't got consistency every year. Okay. And none of this guarantees, because I'll give you an example. In 2022, we went into cash in February. Didn't have, didn't do any of this. And, and luckily we did because the markets fell about 20% and we didn't. And I didn't know it was going to happen last year. Might happen again this year. I don't know. So what I'm saying is even after all of this, even after all of this and all the Nobel Prize and all the rest of it and all the academia and all your Oxfords, can't guarantee what will happen. Can't guarantee it, but I'm reducing and I'm removing from my portfolio all this rubbish. Now, given, given that fund managers have to traipse through all this rubbish, there's a bloody high probability they're going to end up grabbing some of this crap. Okay. It's going to happen. I'm not saying they're all fallen. Look, this one, but I'll push that rose 117%. Even though it's got negative cash flow, it's overvalued, not growing as far, fast. How come? You can still get exceptions to the rule, but there'll be few of them. Look at, look at how few have actually risen when they're in there. Look, none of these make my criteria. So I'll come down to what we're narrowed it down to and what actually we think are worth looking at for the year ahead, which I'd put into my son's junior ISA. This is like the bloke saying, I'm going to feed my son this. That's the best due diligence there is. Cause I'm not, uh, cause I might say one thing to you guys, anybody might, but. My son's going to get the good quality stuff. And I'm going to tell you what. Uh, so that's why I often say to people, I say, well, that's what's in there. Now, how did we do then? How did we do using this approach? And I'll go more deeply into this approach so that you can look at it, reverse engineer it yourself and do it. So how did we do last year? Those of you who were on the webinar last year will know. Let me reset this poll before I give you that and answer some questions. Okay. Uh, the down, I'm going to do that poll. Uh, I combined all pension with HL since... I uh, heard a huge amount of negativity about HR, I'm afraid. So we will talk about Hargreaves Lansdowne in the questions uh, as well. Uh, uh, th- there's a lot of negativity about Hargreaves. There's a lot of negativity, absolutely, um, about them because they keep selling you funds. Uh, as a broker, they're all right. It's just that they keep selling you funds. Uh, they're not the cheapest either. Sadly, break time is over. Oh, no. Oh, no. I've learned a lot in such a good, good a copy of your uh, access spreadsheet. I'll come to that later, Patrick. But how do we calculate if companies undervalued? Oh, I'm going to come to that. I'm going to come to that. Thank you. No, no, don't worry. There's a lot more to go. Sorry. Sorry. I'm going to come to value, growth, income. How do you calculate all of that in just one second? I'll just, uh, random question. Our market's more volatile now when compared with when you first started, uh, investing. Uh, I, I'll have to think about it. I'll have to think about it. Uh, uh, 
It's a good philosophical question. Disclaimers. Right. Now, how do we do? Before I tell you how we did, please remember the market was up 25% on the S&P 500, so we can't take credit for that. Please also take into account that any company stocks that we bought, we didn't invent those companies. I wish we had. I'm not that clever. I'm just writing the coattails of the hard work of other people. So, you know, the following is US. We do select LSE and European, but I don't buy them. So I do in my database have US, uh, sorry, LSE and European. It's just that I haven't bought them because as I said in my first column in the Financial Times in 1999, I just sold all my UK holdings and only buy US ones. Okay. Um, this is from our further filtered final list. So it's, it's like I take the database. I take my database, okay, which is my approach. And you can create your own databases. I take the filtered. I, 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 and then what, what I do is, uh, where is it? I want to show you the next thing. Um, cause this is, this is a good, important one that I better show you. It's not there. It's gone. Here it is. Found it. Uh, and then I filter it a bit more with a tiebreaker and I'll come to the tiebreaker later because I end up with out of 10,000, about 200 stocks worth looking at. So I need to tiebreak that further because that's just still too many. I can't have 200 in my portfolio. It'd be nuts. Okay. Uh, this is from January to December. It's not from February to December or March to December. Um, I did buy during the year alongside my students because I like to buy during the course of the year and I get more capital during the course of the year to put more money in. Okay. Uh, I am cash flow positive. <laughs> I better bloody be. Example, Costco, Intel, Adobe are not in this list because they were bought during different periods of the year. So it doesn't include any of those. And it doesn't include anything I might be overweight on or leveraged, which would have enhanced performance. So that doesn't include any enhancements to performance. This is just the raw number um, without enhancement. So in actual fact, I was leveraged on uh, Costco, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon. But these figures that I'm about to reveal don't include that so we did actually even do better than that but that's not fair to include that because that's up to me to be that risky doesn't mean you could have done it or you would have wanted to do it this was not a typical year last year okay or 2023 much of 2022 for instance was in cash thankfully so i don't want you to think oh wow some kind of magic um and does not mean any of these will be held as of tuesday so please do not think i'm about to give you a portfolio for for the year ahead. This is not the portfolio for the year ahead. This is the grand reveal, okay, of what was on our further filtered list um, and also special situation, what we call uh, quality five. My quality five are at, um, the two M's and the three A's, Microsoft, uh, Meta, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet. And so the quality five plus the further filtered list. And as you can see, look, if if it gave an exact everything's always going to be up 80%. So the total return was 80%, right, on that. Unleveraged, I did leverage Apple and Microsoft and Alphabet and Amazon for much of the year and ServiceNow, and then later in the year, Costco, uh, for reasons that I've said on my Telegram channel, why I leveraged those, because the volatilities were quite narrow. In other words, they weren't very volatile, except to the upside. So it was an easy one to double leverage on. And I only tend to do two times leverage. I tend not to do more than that. So I'm very, but that's not leverage. There's none of this is leverage. Now, notice how tapestry was down. Perrin was up only 22% under the index. So I underperformed there. Hang on, Alpesh, if you're so good and clever, how come those two underperformed? Okay, I can't, this is it. If it was that, if it was like nuclear physics, I could tell you buy one stock. What I should have done and said, if I was so clever, is buy Nvidia and leverage it two times, and then go on vacation for ten years because your because your pension's just gone up tenfold or whatever ridiculous. So I'm not that clever. I'm not that clever. Okay, 
uh, and the reason I keep saying that is with the with the markets, if you don't stay humble, they will give you one hell of an ass kicking to get you humble. So you better keep telling yourself, well, you just rode the coattails of the clever people at NVIDIA. I wish I could have invented NVIDIA. I wish I could have invented any of these companies. I don't have that kind of talent. Really wish I could. Okay. So that was it. That's the further filtered list with rising MACD and the quality, the five quality companies that I mentioned. All right. Uh, during the course of the year, there were other stocks and so on, which I'll come to, which I bought into and, and so on. But that's going January to December. Now we might start doing February to February, March to March during the course of the year. One thing we did, and I, and I didn't share this with you yesterday and I, I looked it up today, uh, cause it happened to come up. Um, is I started using AI to go through the data. Now, this is a bit of fun. i got to tell you this. i got to show you this. So on ChatGPT4, I don't know if you guys know, you can upload uh, Excel spreadsheets. So what we did is, well, what we did, uh, I uploaded, though now I get my team to do it, I uploaded the entire database, okay, with all this data, and I, there was a few other bits of data. Then I said to ChatGPT, imagine you have read all the literature of all the Nobel Prize winners since 1945 in economics, and you know everything about investments. And you're Warren, a cross between Warren Buffett, Eugene Framer, and um, there's a couple of other fund managers I think I happen to mention. And you've read all the literature and everything on investing. Now, look at this data that I've provided. And anyway, I gave it a prompt. It's all about the prompt. Anyway, uh, this is for a bit of fun. So please don't read into this too much. Uh, and this is an image I just posted on my LinkedIn. So you've all got to go to my LinkedIn. You've really got it. If you really want some of the latest stuff, uh, and if you don't know where my LinkedIn is, just go to alpishpatel.com forward slash links and you'll find all my stuff on there, including my LinkedIn. Okay. So I said to it, do that. It came up with Broadcom in May 2023. As of this morning, that meant an 83% gain. Now that was a chat GPT pick from my list. It wasn't. Now listen to this. Whilst it was in my filtered list, I, it wasn't just the full database. It was, it was the filtered database. It was the one which is then filtered for all greens across it. So whilst it was in there, it picked it out of there and said, of your basically short list, this is the best or one of the best ones. And it picked it out. I hadn't picked it out. I hadn't because there's too many. There's 200. There's 200 to pick out. How can I pick out all 200? I mean, I could pick them out, but I hadn't bought it. Um, at that point, because there's 200 to buy. Then I saw this and thought, okay, I'll, for a bit of fun, buy that. I didn't put it in my son's junior either because I'd be guilty if it went wrong. So, okay, I'll let ChatGPT. Anyway, I posted that on May the 2nd on Telegram. Uh, and that's where we are now. Now, that doesn't mean it's replicable. It doesn't mean it's not a one-off or a fluke or luck or whatever. So please don't read too much into it. But I'm going to be doing more AI stuff and sharing more of this stuff, partly because I bloody love it. Absolutely love it. So we'll go back. Let's go back to the main stuff. That's where this year was, as I said. All right. Now, let's just do a quick recap of what I think is going to happen. For me, one of the most important things, and this people find shocking, what? You don't look at Elliott waves. You don't look at Fibonacci. You don't look at forward looking. I mean, they know nothing. And I say, well, yeah, across my... 18 bloody books. I guess I don't know as much as you on TikTok, do I? And it really annoys me. But yeah, what what I discovered, what I discovered is that I'm going to show this now that and I've been doing this since about and you can read it in all my books. And I've said it in my books before is look, um, I want to look at the monthly 
MACD. All right, the monthly momentum indicator, monthly moving average. I look at it in conjunction with the weekly, which is that one. This is the monthly. Now, this is, if it's rising, that's really positive. If it's sideways, that's a bit of an amber alert, but it's okay. No action needed. If it's falling, double amber, uh, but there's no reason really to exit. But if it's falling beneath its own moving average, I'll give you an example there. Oops, just want to make sure you can see this. Yeah, you can see it. Uh, like here, okay, then I definitely would be selling. And that's what happened in February 2020. Uh, 2020 with a whole bunch of stocks. All right, that's what was happening. We've already got it high and it was falling. But once that continued, that was it. Get the hell out of there. And that's what protected my wealth in 2022. Did I know in 2020, no, last year, 2022, did I know in 22 that it was going to be a bad year? No, I didn't. I actually thought it was going to be quite a positive year. Well, you're rubbish. That's why I wear a seatbelt. That's why I wear a seatbelt. Okay. It's like when you go in a car, you're a great driver, especially the men out there. I know you know you're brilliant drivers. Did you know you were going to have an accident? How come you didn't if you're such a brilliant driver? That's why you wear a bloody seatbelt. Okay. Uh, uh, so here we go. That's probably what's going to happen with this, I suspect. But look at this. I mean, come on. That's the FTSE 100. It is at 2018 levels. Actually, if somebody looks on the internet while I'm doing this, is go back how far. Is the FTSE at 2013 levels? It's at 2018 levels. So in the last five years, as I said yesterday, the sum total of the boards of the 100 largest British companies have added nothing to the market capitalization of those companies. Now, somebody will say, oh, yeah, but I've got dividends. I've got, I've got my 0.5% dividend yield uh, for the, for, you know, in the low interest rate environment we had up until this year. My God, why are we so happy to be poor and take it? You know, you know that TV BBC um, series called Rip Off Britain? It's like we're just accepting it. Well, no, I'm not just going to go for scraps of a few dividends of 3%, 2%. You've been fed on that crap since the 1960s, before I was even born. Okay, you were fed on it in the 1970s. And I know it might sound a bit rude for the son of an immigrant to tell you what you've been fed on before I was even born here and my before my parents arrived. Okay, but I'm afraid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got 2 or 3%. The Americans aren't thinking like that, and we got access to their stuff. And the government wants you to uh, have as much a bigger pension as possible for a very simple reason. Then you're not a burden on the state. Uh, it's not because they love you, in case you thought it's because the government loves you. No, they give you a tax-free SIP and ISA because they don't want you to be a burden on the state. It's got nothing to do with love, just in case you were thinking, oh, but our lovely benevolent governments. Apple, what do I see? Now, that's going sideways. And it's at the midway point. Ideally, I love it when it's around here. I moving upwards and in the bottom half of the graph because it tends to suggest room. Now, this isn't, you don't just do the chart by itself. You've got to have the fundamentals in place. Otherwise, the chart's bullshit without the fundamentals. So, okay. So all of this, I've looked at the fundamentals I've shown you. Uh, but at the moment with this, we're neutral. But if you put a gun to my head, would I buy more today? Yeah, I would buy more today. You can make a note of that if you wish. But because I'm holding a load, I'm not buying more today. But if you put a gun to my head, I would. Okay. And on the 8th of December, Morgan Stanley had given it a buy as well, but that's up to them. What do they know? Right. Similarly with Alphabet, I've got the Apple strategy on that, which you put a gun to my head, I'd buy more, but actually I'm continuing to hold that. And I got some leverage on that, but that's my, that's my business, not yours. 
because leverage is high risk and I really don't want people thinking, oh, I'll push you done it, so I think I'll do it. I might have two private jets in the back garden. So that's why I'm happy to leverage. Who knows? Uh, so that's the projection, but doesn't necessarily mean it's going to do it. Same with Microsoft. I've got the uh, Apple strategy and the Apple strategy on Amazon. Okay. Now, this is the most important bit. See that? See that? So you've got a question. What do I do with my portfolio, Alpesh? Well, watch Alpesh's weekly market update on Telegram, which will take all of five minutes of your time, right? Is it, uh, has it been under 12 months? If it's been under 12 months, I leave the plant there. As Warren Buffett said, uprooting plants to see how the roots are doing is not good for the plants. In other words, constantly trading your uh, uh, investments is not good for your portfolio. And my insurance policy is if it's fallen 25% from the highest it's been since I bought it, then I'd look to exit. Now that came in handy when Ravi, I don't know Ravi, if you're on this uh, webinar, because you're often on my webinars. Um, uh, guys, I'll go through this. Uh, uh, Tick 21st, why did you have them in your list? Oh, David, I'll, I'll explain that. That's a very good question. I'll explain that in just one second, David. Give me one second. Uh, so you're holding for 12 months. Actually, David, I can answer it now. So David said, wait a minute, you've got names on there, but they're not on your uh, approved filtered list. At the time they're purchased, they were on the approved filtered list, i.e. they were all green. If the next month or three months down, they fall off it, you don't trade your investments and get out. You're holding for 12 months. Now, this is really important. Why? I'll tell you why. If you trade your investments, what we've noticed is you just end up buying, selling, buying, selling, and you, you, it just doesn't make any sense and the returns aren't great. So you've got to hold for 12 months as, as for the Buffett reason. But wait a minute, Alpish, they fell off the list. Yeah, because a stock should be like a ripened fruit. And this is why fund managers screw you over as well. Let me explain. When you've bought it, right, you want it to go right, you want it to go, the stock to rise, be overvalued by the time you're selling it. You want it to be absolutely rubbish by the time you're selling it because it's so bloody expensive because it's gone up 250% as crops did when my friend Ravi bought it on the program. But wait a minute, why are you holding a company which is overvalued? Because it might continue going, you know, because it's going higher and higher. And I'll tell you how you know when to exit. Okay. You don't get rid of it the moment you've made 50% and it's still going up and up and up. So how do you know when to exit? Either 12 months or it's dropped 25% from the peak. But why are you doing that, Alpesh? Well, the reason is this. When it's, markets overshoot, don't they? Well, you want some of that. You want some of that. When it falls and it's going rotten on the floor, then you don't hold it forever. But you don't buy and hold. And, and I'll tell you why. Crocs is a classic example. Went up 200 and I think it was 210%. Okay. And Ravi made his 200 odd percent. And then it went back to zero. Luckily, he used this rule and exited. That's why. So rule number one, if when you bought it, all the boxes were ticked, you're holding it for 12 months because you can't trade your investments. And the reason it's for 12 months is because very often within that 12 months, they should have overshot, overripened. You've got the benefit of overperformance. Now bloody get out and redo the whole process for your next 12 months. Don't just sit there going, oh yeah, I made, I made uh, 200% last year, but this year it looks like I'm giving it all back. When you join a fund, you know what fund managers do? Imagine a fund manager, all they had was crops, nothing else. Uh, and it went up 200%. They'll be marketing the crap out of that fund. And you join that fund going, oh, he made 200% last year. He must be a genius, right? And he's sitting on that 200. Then the next year it goes down. Do you think he's going to let go of it? No, he's going to go, I've still got it. Okay, and you're going to get the benefit of that 90% drop. Wonderful. That's why it's important it's done bespoke to you. 
Okay, not, oh, Alpesh bought this 12 months ago. Alpesh bought this 12 months ago, so I'll buy it today. That doesn't make bloody sense. What you should be picking today is not what's in my portfolio today. What you should be picking today is what, if I was making my portfolio from scratch using the same process, I would pick today. So why am I holding what I got in my portfolio? Because the 12 months aren't up. Otherwise, every single day I'd be changing my portfolio. So yeah, there's a slight problem, as Warren Buffett puts, that you've got to hold it. You can't keep checking the roots. You've got to hold it. Even if, so how do you know when to get out? Well, if it's dropped 25% from the peak, that's your insurance policy. But as in February of last year, you might sell sooner. If watching what I've said on my telegram, you think, and it only happens once every six years, you think, you know what, I'll sell as Ravi did uh, with Crocs. I will sell half of it at the 200% gain and the other half, if it drops another 10%, etc. And that's bespoke to you. If you don't make it customized and bespoke to you, you're ending up with either a fund or a fund manager or an IFA who is shoving you in, all right, I'll pay your low risk. Oh, Tom, your medium. Oh, John, your high. Right. I'll see you next year, 12 months from now, because I've got to go and deal with another load of clients. So I've got school fees to pay. Basically, they're not doing it bespoke. They're screwing you over. Uh, and the only person who's going to do it bespoke is you, is you. Is it worth the time? Yeah, because you've got to do it once in 12 months. And then you just monitor for five minutes every two weeks just to make sure nothing's dropped 25%. Now, if you think none of that's worth your time, please give it to an IFA and let them get you 5%. Put, or put it in a bank account, even safer. If you don't think that's the, the excess returns, which uh, are feasible, uh, is worth your time. And you might not. You might say, nah, I don't want to even do that. Okay. Uh, now, what I also do every single week on my Telegram channel and on YouTube and on TikTok, it's completely free, what I do is I explain to people where I am on this graph, okay? I do it every Friday, I do, not just Wednesdays, but Fridays as well. So there'll be one today at some point. Um, I've got family around, so I might be a bit, I'll see when I do it, today's one. Okay, I might do it tonight. Uh, and that's where I am at the moment. Mainly it's my approved filtered list, volatility under 20%, a lot of S&P 500 companies, and uh, uh, my quality five, some special situations. Like I'll give you an example of a special situation. So in uh, in January of last year, uh, Tesla was a special situation. It wasn't in my approved filtered list. You know, it was in my 80% gain thing. That was one of the special situations. What's a special situation? And somebody asked me this. They asked me, what's a special situation, Alpesh? And why was Tesla in there? A special situation, so listen to this. A special situation is any stock which almost, almost, uh, uh, has all five columns hit. So it might just have four out of five and has narrowly missed one of them. And so everything's in place except it's just narrowly out. And I think in the case of Tesla, uh, I think it was the valuation. There was something where it just narrowly missed. However, uh, looking at the chart, remember what I showed you with the MACD monthly? It was just so strong. Now I still show Tesla every Friday on my YouTube to say I've now exited it, which I got out in around uh October before it fell and it's gone it's still the price it was in October it fell a bit more than rose a bit so it's the same level anyway so it doesn't make a difference um but to show okay this is what's happened afterwards right so that's what a special situation is in case you're wondering uh, and I put those at higher risk just because they didn't quite click the filtered listen you might say well wait a minute why did you do it if it didn't click it well because sometimes there's great things which are nearly there you know, it's a bit like at university. Oh, you didn't quite get three A's, but you got 
two A's and a really close AR. We'll let you in. You've got some other talent. And that worked out well for us with Tesla because I think it was up about 100, whatever that number was earlier. Um, so that worked out well. Now, here's a typical problem. So let's go into some of the problems. Um, and I'm going to answer. I know there's a lot more questions. I will answer all of those. Um, oh, okay. I'll answer them as I go along. So this is not my portfolio. This is a typical problem portfolio other people have. First of all, too many UK companies hardly about to perform. And as you can see over the past six months, bloody bugger all. Well done. Uh, that's one problem. Uh, not enough of those boxes tick, not generating enough cash, which is why they're probably performing poorly. Uh, Sortina, you're taking on way too much risk for the volatility. Actually, all of these were giving you very poor returns for the risk you're taking. You could have got far better returns for the risk, and we can see that there. And hardly any of them are outperforming the market much anyway. So to me, in three seconds, I found out I wouldn't want to own any of them. Sorry. Now you might say, no, Alpesh, National Grid has just shot up today. Yeah, okay. Fine, I just didn't want to take the risk. I could go put it all on black in Vegas and you could say, hey, Alpes, you're an idiot. You didn't want to go to Vegas and put it on black. Look, I just made money. No, that doesn't prove it. Okay, so that's one thing. The other problem, and this is quite common, and I've done a video on why Fundsmith screwed you over because they couldn't turn into cash. So in 2022, went all the way down and this year they made up for it a bit. I think they were up about 12% this year. Sorry, Fundsmith, oh, he's amazing, he's amazing. Uh. Well, no, he's not, because he's up 12% this year, and the S&P was up 25, and the NASDAQ was up uh, uh, at 55. Yeah, thanks for my 12%. They'll market the crap out of that, by the way. And the fact that they lost more than that last year, oh, shh, shh, don't talk about that. So for two years, you got a 0% return, even though this year the NASDAQ was up 55%. Please, don't get me wrong, if I managed as much money as they do, which is, I don't know, 500 billion or whatever stupid number, I'd probably get corrupted, you know, and rip people off as well, but convince myself I'm not doing it. Uh, is another one. Same problem. I mean, it's the same problem. They can't go into cash. So Scottish mortgage, same problem. Uh, and I did a video on them as well, I think. So anyway, uh, so that's where those two lovely ones are. Thank you very much for things. But anyway, the problem was over here, I don't have a problem with their treasury stuff. Somebody wants to hold cash. That's fine. That makes sense. If you're 70 years old, you might want to hold a lot of cash or a lot of treasuries. But a lot of these stocks would have been just ad hoc. Man in the pub said there wasn't a strategy behind them. And some of the equity ones will hold 50 to 100 stocks as well. So you've got multiple problems with that. There's too much of a spray and pray. And there's another problem. When I spoke to the individual he didn't want that return over the last six months when the market itself was up in six months alone was up whatever, 12% in just bloody eight in such a short period of time. Okay. And th this is another typical question I get asked. Whilst you go through that. So this is, this is the problem. Again, too many funds for what the person wanted. He said, no, actually, I don't want this many funds. My IFA is dumped with these loads of funds and I'm getting no return. Last two years, zero return. Look at that. Come on. What the hell? I bet there's not a single American who's got that problem. Patrick asks, how's your portfolio fared against the AI portfolio? Um, I've got Simpy doing the research as we speak. Um, so she's literally going through that right now. Uh, and because it's 29th of December. And so we still got to, I mean, there's no point doing it last week. So I'll, I'll know. I'll know later. And I, I, I've not monitored the AI one because there's only so much I can mark, but I'm going to get the data and I'm going to do a presentation, a separate video on YouTube and Telegram on exactly that. So we'll see. 
so, but can you imagine if it's done better than me? Well, I'll be happy because it's still mine. I take, I own the intellectual property. If you had to have a fund in your portfolio as well, as stocks, would you prefer an out of S&P tracker rather than a fund? Um, I would, that's a brilliant question. Okay. If I was more risk averse, look, this is what I would do. This was, does not apply to you. If I had to have a fund, I would do a two times leverage S&P 500. Somebody's going to shoot me out there and say, that is such bad advice for other people. It's not advice and it's not for other people. It's what I would do. NASDAQ's a bit too volatile for me as an index tracker. It worries me. I'd rather cherry pick and be able to monitor and know what I'm doing. Uh, I know it's up 55%, but I'd rather cherry pick and get my 80s on years like that. Okay. Uh, here's another example. Uh, Brewing Dolphin got a thousand different companies that they've been put into through all their uh, stocks. And they're just buggered. Uh, and in fact, I owe that guy a response because he said, what should I do, Alpesh? And I said, well, I can't give you advice. Even they keep saying, can you give me advice? I can't actually give you advice uh, on what to do with yours. But I can show you the approach I would take and I can educate you and inform you. Uh, but at least after watching my, uh, in this case, TikToks, uh, it, he, where I've got quarter of a million followers. And you can imagine why. Here's another one. What is the major problem you're facing? Generation of meaningful monthly income. of over. He wants to generate that much and that's how much capital he's got so he's another extreme where he's got quite a bit of money uh and he could easily generate that but he wants to leave as much as possible to his children so he doesn't just want to draw down 4.2 million into 18,000 a month and have nothing left for his kids and the issue here was uh i analyzed it with him and we looked at whether he should have so many funds and then we looked at tidying up some of these stocks uh which some were good, as you can see, uh, and some not so good. Okay. So just making, now that's a classic example. Somebody who's actually doing a lot of things right, but how do you eke out more? How do you get more? Uh, these guys you've heard about, and I'll probably do a lot more videos on them. Uh, this was a Sunday Times investigation into how pensions are being destroyed by them. Uh, you've probably read about it. So if you're with St. James's place, really sorry. Uh, just plan to either die early or work till 100. Looks like they're the best two options. 50% loss on name recognition. So that's your Scottish mortgage. Great, because they can't go into cash. So for years, they did well because uh, 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 because they just tracked US stocks. And Warren Buffett said, when the tide goes out, you see who's been swimming with no shorts. They were swimming with no shorts. And the no shorts wasn't that they were tracking US stocks. It was that they couldn't go into cash. So 2022 you lose uh, almost half your money. Well, actually, you do lose half your money because you go from 1600 at peak to 800 So, yeah, great. Um, and hopefully you didn't join them then. You had some gains. And you might say, well, I had some gains. It's all right. I'll pay. I had some gains. Yeah, great. Snakes and ladders. You've gone all the way back to when you were 10 years old or whatever. Five years back, 10 years back, whatever. You've gone all the way back. So what do I look at for my due diligence? Okay, this is what I look at. Valuation. I really am looking at price earnings, not because I've thought of it, but actually because the academic literature, if you want to see the academic literature, it's in the book and you can download a free copy of the book. Uh, uh, and I'll give you the link again uh, at the end. Um, Tim's asked, what do I mean by two times leverage? So Tim, don't do this. All of you do not do this because there is no way on a webinar I'm going to say to people do two times leverage. Don't do any leverage because I don't know you guys. Okay. You're not me. Me, what I mean by two times leverage is this. If I buy an exchange traded fund, which is two times leverage Microsoft, then if 
it, all other things being equal, and they never are. If Microsoft goes up 10%, I make 20%. If the S&P goes up, if it's a two times leverage S&P exchange traded fund, if it goes up like this year, 25%, I would make 50%. But if it fell 25%, I would lose 50%. In actual fact, you can lose more than that just because of volatility. So don't do it because it's complicated. It's leverage, so that's higher risk. And if the market falls, you could lose a lot very quickly. Never do three times leverage ever under any circumstances. I don't. Uh, I mean, unless you like playing Russian roulette with your left hand while you're investing with your right hand, then go ahead. You're crazy. Uh, price earnings ratio. Now that's from the academic literature. Uh, growth and, and, and that has to be in reasonable limits. So, you know, it's going to be a number somewhere between, uh, we want the P to be somewhere between six to let's say roughly 25-ish. Now you might say, wait a minute, 25 is expensive. Depends on the sector. Actually read the academic literature. And just because if something's got really high on the valuation, i.e. it's a bit expensive, it doesn't matter, even if it's got a 40 like an Amazon, if, if then you've got other factors like growth to make up for it. Now, growth factors we look at is sales, earnings, and cash flow. And I put it all into that little proprietary algorithm of mine. Dividends. Now, you can reverse engineer this and do it yourself. If you don't want to do it yourself, want our database, I'll explain at the end how to get it. Dividends. So that has about a 40% weighting. It's about 40% important, but you definitely need to tick that box. You need to tick that. You need to tick that because you don't want to be gambling on whether the market has decided this year is a value year or this year is a growth year. This year is a momentum year. No, I want to tick all boxes because I'm not gambling on what the bloody market's fickle opinion is. And I'll tell you how fickle the market is. 2022, Meta fell 80%. 2023, it rose 250%. Same bloody company. Oh, no, no, I'll push the market's always right. That's exactly what happened because it should have happened. Oh, please. That is not something you can ever plan for other than having the insurance policy that if it falls X percent, you'll sell Y, which is what we do. Keep an eye on it every fortnight for five minutes because it's in your portfolio and make sure you it's a resilient company high value, high growth, high income, and so on. And we tick those boxes, but you still need your seatbelt. And that fine, that meant this year's 250% that we had, we get to keep all of it. Last year, we were in cash. It at least made up for a 0% gain last year. Got it? Whereas Scottish Mortgage, all the other fund managers, they lost last year. They made back this year. You got 0% over two years. I've got 250% on that over two years. Everyone else has got 0% 0% over two years. Great. There's a big difference between 0 and 250. Uh, and it's not because I knew that would happen with Meta. At no point have I said I knew it would happen. All I said was, we look at the boxes, we tick the boxes, and then we have the flow chart on when to sell. And that was it. And is that worth five minutes of my time every fortnight? 250% over two years? Is that worth five minutes of my time every fortnight? You tell me. Okay. And by the way, that's something I do personally. I don't outsource that to my team. And the reason for that is I want to have that connection to the market. I, I really want to. It's like, you know, um, if you're a CEO and you go on the shop floor and you just want to see how things are doing. Yeah, I don't outsource that and say, oh, let me know if there's anything I should look at. We do want some momentum, positive, over six months. Okay, because Citigroup research, which uh, uh, shows that, but also there's a whole bunch of others. In fact... I was an expert witness in a high court case proving that momentum actually works. And the chap who was suing MF Global won $21 million 
pounds as a result. And then we went to Vegas and partied. I think I lost about a hundred dollars in Vegas on, cause I'm not an idiot. I, I don't gamble actually, but uh, I played blackjack and I think I, maybe I made a hundred dollars actually. It was one of those two, but it was a hundred dollars. I remember sticks in my head and that's the most I'd probably do in Vegas. Distribution of returns statistics. I'll come to statistics in a second. That's the strategy. That's your strategy right there. And this is the mistake people make time and time again. They don't know the difference between strategy and tactics. They read a load of newspaper articles. They read, they speak to a man in the pub. They read shares magazine and they go, yeah, market cap, I'll go for a small cap. Um, sector. Yeah. Geography, volatility, gurus. What are the analysts saying? What's the newspaper saying? Actually, what they should be doing is value, growth, income, cash, outperformance, volatility. Now, if it happens to be an AI company like Nvidia, so be it. Great. Last year, uh, we had Chipotle, not in January. That's why it's not on that list. We had Chipotle for part of the year, not all of it. Um, we had Chipotle. That's an AI company. You might think it's a Mexican grill company. No, it's an AI company. If you don't believe me, go look it up. Okay. So that's why I look bottom up. I don't go for themes and, oh, that's sexy. That's great. And, and all that nonsense. I don't go for narratives and stories. I go for data, data over narratives and stories. And that's, that's your data right over there. It's as simple as that. And these are the important things. Value, growth, income, cash, Sortino, alpha. And then you can have a tiebreaker based on tactics. Like, oh, well, a journalist mentioned this. Oh, Warren Buffett also owns this. All right, then I'll get it. Oh, um, AI is in the news a lot. And that's uh, NVIDIA. Oh, go on. We'll go for NVIDIA then as a tiebreaker between all companies which qualify. And if you've got 200 qualifying, you're going to need some tiebreakers right? Uh, monitor infrequently uh, and then go play with your son. This is not a science because if it was a science. I'd own one stock and that'd be it. And I said last January, I said, uh, sorry, this January, I said, do you know what? I'll just regret not saying to everyone, just leverage two times Microsoft. And at the end of the year, I said, I bet you I'll go back and I'll say, I wish that I'm going to regret not doing that. And it happens every year. Well, almost every year. Uh, that you regret it because, but nobody buys just one stock because it's an art, not a science. If it was a science, you'd take that kind of risk. It's not, it's an art. So you don't want to take kind of stupid risk. 12 month holdings, 15 to 40 stocks. And I'll show you why. And 25% if it drops from the peak, unless you know that you want to exit sooner because you've looked at say the uh, monthly MACD. That's it. Why 15 to 40? This. You're not diversifying away risk after 40 and up to under 15, you've really got a lot of company specific risk. Okay. This was, by the way, 2020, 2021, which as you know, 2020 had been a very challenging year. That's what happened. These are the typical stocks. Well, they're not typical actually, because nothing was typical about that getting 54%. So that was 54% return on the filtered list back then. And these were some of the stocks. You know what happened to Crocs? As I said, it went up 208%. Actually, it went up 250%. We only captured 208. Went up 250. Then it went back to where it started. But because we had the rule on exiting, we got out. So this whole, which again, proves the point. This BS about, oh, you hold forever. You can buy some good companies. and all, I don't want good companies that can hold forever and get mediocre returns. I want ones which will give me 200 bloody percent in a year, hopefully, potentially. Can't guarantee it. Otherwise, I'd 
be the richest man on the planet. But that will make up for the ones which were down in a year, let's say. Like you saw earlier, there was one which was down minus 1%. Uh, there were fewer that were down this year than would have been, say, in 2021. Okay, uh, I've got quite a few um, uh, questions. I'm going to answer those. Okay, now, let's do some maths very quickly because I've been talking for a while. Assume you plan to invest over 10 years. If a bit of what I've taught you helps you get up to 20%, you might say, that's way too much, Arbage. Well, have a look at what's been happening in the markets recently and what I've just discussed. Let's say you've got 100K and you plan to continue adding to that. Well, you should turn 100 into a million. 100 into a million. If you keep getting years like 2023, it'll happen a bloody lot sooner. That's not in my hands. We might never get a... We, listen, we might get 0% returns in the stock market for the next 10 years. I doubt it, but we might. Of course we might. I don't know. I don't know. I'd be surprised. But we might. Okay? So I can't say what the future is. But if it panned out and we prepare ourselves for it, then if there's a tailwind, we'll do really well. If there's a headwind, at least we won't do too badly. Okay? And that's what it looks like. Over 10 years, you turn 100K into a million. That's the goal. Now, hopefully you can do it sooner, but you allow for humility and pessimism. And the reason, the other reason for this, and by the way, part of that's come from the contributions. I mean, obviously you're not going to just not contribute when you can. That's a hundred and, what is that? 150,000 a year passive income. That's not bad. You're getting your passive, you're getting 150 grand a year coming into it, right? Let's say you've got very little, only 10K and you're going to add 6K a year. Then, and that's my son. Actually, he's now nine. I've got to change this because he's, he's five years old, but he's now putting in 9K because it went from 12. I think in the first year when he was born, five years ago, I think the junior ISA was 12K. Uh, and then it went down to nine and point eight thousand, nine thousand eight hundred or something like that. Anyway, so he's on this thing. He's about, he's five years old. So he's here. He's actually a little bit above that, not because of anything I did. The market did it. The market, because we're talking this year, look how much the market shot up and look at what it did two years ago, whereas last year was flat. So it went like this and then the market did this. That's not me. That's the market. Obviously, I'm going to tell him daddy did it, but that's fine. That's between me and my son. As long as you don't speak to him, then he'll never know that it was the market and not daddy. That's another hundred and whatever. By the time he's getting ready for university, that should hopefully be a hundred and so many thousand dollars uh, a year. I'm not going to give him that. I'm going to bloody keep it, but I'm going to use his account. Don't tell him this. Uh, these are people that I've, that have paid me to explain this to their audience, their retail audience, that it's a bloody good approach. And I, like I said, I've put it in the books, alpishpatel.com forward slash links. It's in there. It's pretty much mentioned in every single one of my books, uh, the approach and the more importantly, the academic, uh, literature behind it and the Goldman Sachs stuff. And I'll come back to that. Uh, it's been good for me. That's the team outside number 10. It's what I use on the BBC. And I didn't sadly get a chance to tell the Prince and Princess of Wales, this is how I do it. Uh, but it's put me in a position where I can uh, uh, chit chat with them. Right. Do your sums. I've been writing about this stuff for 20 years now in the Financial Times, right? That's a, that's a column from 20 bloody years ago, mate. Okay, when to sell, I've already told you that. I want you to watch out for a few more things, and then I'm going to go through some of those stocks which are on the short list, which we've removed from yesterday, and which are now, and which ones we haven't, okay? You're paying 10%. So call up your pension fund manager and tell them, wait a minute, how much am I paying over five years? Look at that, that's 10%. 
10 grand, you're paying 10%. They want you to think you're paying 1% per annum. You're not. You're paying 10% over five years. You don't know it. There was a uh, Sunday Times investigation which showed that sometimes the pension funds are actually just outright lying because they don't even know because they can't do the maths. And at other times it's buried on page 37. This is from a fund manager called 91. Right. But there are others. It's their color scheme. It's not me. This is a screenshot of that's a cut and paste of their, their PDF document. That's not me having written this. That's their PDF document. All right. And I think you can be better than fund manager because me with my very big mouth did it. The FT said, well, over 12 month period, not a month, not a week. We want you to forecast the FTSE 100 then. And that numpty did as well as a cat. He was out by 50%. I was out by 0.5%. They gave him 9.2 billion pounds after that. Because in Britain, we really, really love rewarding self-evident failure and making sure we don't make money. Because making money is for crass people. Being rich is for Americans. Okay, it's not for us. We want to struggle, all right? Because there's nobility and struggle. Investing tactic, guru buys. Now, the reason I'm going to show you this is this. Just because on my shortlist was Apple and Warren Buffett had it, is not why I picked it, but it was a good tiebreaker or Microsoft uh, or Amazon. Um, I did for a while have Occidental. I don't now. Uh, I don't have American Express. I did look at it uh, a couple of days ago. I don't have Coca-Cola. He bought it in 1965 because he gets so much, he gets, uh, so much dividends from the million stocks he bought in 1965. I don't have Chevron. I uh, don't have Bank of America. Okay. Uh, the reason I'm showing you this is not because oh, they've got it, so I'll buy it. These are all billionaires. That's not why. It's to show you the concentration. Top 10 holdings, percentage of their health. Look at how much of their money. It's basically all, virtually all their money. In the case of Bill Ackman, it's in his top eight holdings or seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, six holdings. He's got uh, billions in just six holdings. That's that whole point. Put all your eggs in one basket, watch the basket. Another tactic, i.e. tiebreaker, once I've got my filtered list, once I've got that filter, another tactic is it's not essential, but I can't got no other way to split things. It's just to look at the discount cash flow and say, is it at least 40% undervalued? The idea being, were it to go to fair value, well, at least I'll make 100%. Okay? No no guarantee, sadly. And another tactic is, well, as I've already explained, why I look at croaky cash return on capital invested. Goldman Sachs, I was at the lunch a few years ago. Jim O'Neill was the chairman. He was sat next to me. There were 10 of us in a room. This is their quantum database division. Post-tax flow available divided by total capital. In other words, cash return on capital invested. Companies in the top 25% by cash return on capital invested on average generate 30% per annum. Not every year in the financial crisis, none of them did. And not every company in the quartile. The quartile as a basket, 30% per annum. Not every year. This year, yes. 2022, no, of course not. So you can only get that result. It's not a bank account. Only get that result over a prolonged period of time. And you might miss it if you didn't get every company in the quarter, which you're not going to do. You might just have got unlucky. And let's say there were 200 companies in the top quartile and you only picked 20 of them, which you should, let's say. Those might be unlucky and you picked the, the, the 20 which didn't do it. And the other uh, 180 did it. Okay, do you understand? All right. I want to tell you how we spun something out of the fund and then 
we realize that actually in this trillion dollar industry where so many people are screwed and suffering in their pensions, it might be worth creating what could be a very, very uh, big, hopefully eventually a quoted company because some asset managers are quoted. Uh, and this is the idea with it. So what we're looking at with this is that's the holy grail making that available, getting venture capital investment to have a global audience. We've at the moment got about 185, maybe 190 people on the program uh, who have access to all of this. I take them in groups of 10. And the idea is I want to prove to venture capitalists this all works, which I think I've got enough evidence. I want to get to about 250 and then get a valuation on the company of about 40, 50 million, and then get them to put in uh, 25 million into it and then float it. But I might not. I might just self-fund it. Uh, so that's my idea with all of this, is to actually make this available. Now, what we realized is, to make this successful, don't charge a subscription. Do one-time fee, lifetime access. Update for life. Give them access to me. Now, in future, once you've got over 250 people, other people might have access to other people in the team. But the first 250 should always have lifetime access to me to prove it and make sure it works and get the valuation of the company up. And the more successful people you've got, the bigger the valuation, because it's obvious you've got more uh, uh, evidence of it. That's my plan. That's my ambition. And I think it could be a billion-dollar company. And somebody said, why are you doing all of this? And I said, well, 99% of people will just DIY, and that's up to them, and that's perfectly fine. So at least I've done corporate social responsibility and helped for free a load of people as on this webinar. 1% will want the bespoke, because they're the Goldman Sachs wealth management type I want the bespoke. I'm getting screwed. If I get 10% improvement on half a million, that's 50 grand I'm making in one year. And this is a one-off payment for, and you got it for the rest of your life. And I've got access to the individual, which is important. Okay. Naomi used to work for me. I always give this as an example to say anybody can understand this stuff. She was an English language graduate, joined my firm at the age of 21, worked for me personally for two years as my assistant and then moved to Newton, and she's currently at Polar, managing several billion in assets under management. Two years with me, and that's on her, if you look at her SEC filings, she always lists that she started a career with me. Okay, anybody can learn this, including an English language graduate, right? Of course, she's talented and very good, and that's why I hired her, but I'll take the credit. The problem people have is either they're pensioners or 30, 40, 50 somethings, and they're just not getting the returns. They're annoyed by underperformance. They never get to speak to an actual fund manager. They have too many stocks or too few. They don't have a plan of action, a flow chart, like I showed you, keep it really simple. And they don't know how to make a portfolio. That's the problem. I started all of this. Actually, it goes back to all those books, all when I was at university, perfected the strategy, won the competitions and all the rest of it. Now we weren't planning to do anything different to asset management, then we realize that if there's this many people and it's a problem in America, in Canada, in South Africa, in New Zealand, in Australia, in all the parts of the world, then you've got a multi-trillion dollar problem you're solving. That should help your company get to a bloody good valuation of at least a billion, especially in the age of fintech. That's where I've got a whole load of questions to answer and I've got to go through uh, the database with you as well. So I'm going to do that in a second. If you want the database, you want the bespoke, you want to have lifetime access forever and all of this and unlimited calls with me, uh, then do join up. I'm going to show you how you can get access to the database. And there's a whole 
educational material thing as well, as well as meetups. I do four times a year meetups in Parliament. We get 200 people together and we meet up there. So you can meet up in person uh, as well. We've had phenomenal great reviews. Uh, and that's all on alpishpatalreviews.com. So there's a website with these are video interviews with all of these people because the reviews were so good. They said, do you know what? We're going to have to do video interviews. If you get a 10% increase on somebody's 500K, they're making 50K in just one year. 50K in just one year. Okay, now thanks to Zoom and everything else, you're able to stay in touch with people wherever they want. So we've got one person I'm speaking to tonight who's in San Francisco uh, and he just joined and he's in San Francisco. It's phenomenal. Uh, I also on webinars say to people, you can have uh, a discount for being on the webinar. Thank you very much. Like I said, my ambition is to turn it into a billion dollar company because I think you're solving a multi-trillion dollar problem with all these people around the world who don't get uh, control of their pensions and understand what the hell they should do with them to begin with. Uh, so let me go through. I'm going to give you access to that in a second, the opportunity to join up in that. We had a problem. How do we value this? Because like I said, if you make, let's say 15,000 in just one year extra or two years and you're only paying one off, but have lifetime access and unlimited calls, then how do we value all of this stuff? I thought. You know, if they get a 15K uplift on a 100K portfolio, that's 15K in a year. So we had a problem. How do we value it? Most people want access to the spreadsheet. They want, and that's updated in the cloud every month, updated every month in the cloud. And the further filtered list have the one-to-one calls. These are the two things they want. Some of them want the webinars and my portfolio, which is fine. That all goes in. Okay. Um, some of them want all the educational material when reports. Most of them just want this. That's all they're really bothered about, I've discovered, okay, which is sort of part of this and that as well. That's all they're really bothered about and access to me. 100K is a 20% return on a 500K portfolio. That's ridiculous numbers. That's why I said, and by the way, the reviews are there. That's why I said, I think what we've got is a billion-dollar uh, offering here, a billion-dollar company potentially, especially if it's floated. I take the first 10, right? It's only going to be for 1% of you. 1% of you, 10 of you on this webinar will say, yeah, that's me. The others, the other 200 odd will say, thanks for all the free information. And that's perfectly fine. That's life and that's how it should be. Okay. Uh, uh, but for the 10 of you, it's for that's where you go uh, for that. And I'm going to answer some questions and go through the portfolio now. So there's still a lot to do. There's still a lot to do. Let me go. Uh, for it. Thanks, Dave. Totes there. Through Vanguard's. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Dwayne, how's the difference you said that you need to ask your pension fund? Ask them for your portfolio. Just say, where'd you put my money? That's what you ask them. Any other time to invest in SP 500? Oh, somebody's already answered that. And the Vanguard tracker is perfectly fine. Or if you're with, say, an AJ Bell or a Barclays, call them up and say, which is your tracker fund? They can't give you advice, but they can at least tell you which is their traffic fund. In the news is all talk of BRICS, and this will have a huge negative effect on the U.S. Is this true? I don't know if it's true. Uh, but how, you tell me. The Nasdaq's up 55%. I'm not trying to forecast the future. I'm not trying to say this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Okay, what I'm trying to do is say, has the company got... A low price compared to its profitability. Is it generating growth in earnings and got dividend deals and good cash return on capital invested? High sortina, high alpha. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to solve the world's problems or the Middle East issue uh, or Ukraine or think what's going to happen 15 years from. That's the mistake private investors make. They think that that is relevant to is this company undervalued, high growth, dividend yield paying, cash flow generating, high sortino, high alpha. 
that's what your your focus is your portfolio everything else is irrelevant and you've been led to believe that some future talk about the bricks or whatever else has an impact on your portfolio because that's what the journalists do no the balance sheets do and and let me ask you this warren buffett's all invested in us stocks so just to give you another example i mean how come he's not panicking so that's another he does what i do or I do what he does. Chris goes into cash is to sell when they are lose minutes, sell the cash until the market starts to pick up. Um, no, it's not when the market and that is what we're doing is we're not looking at, Oh, we'll go and we'll buy it when the market goes into, uh, what we're doing is we're saying, no, is it here? Is it got all greens? Okay. On this, right? That's what we're doing. We're, we're looking to check. Has it got all greens? On there. And that's just the starting point. Once we filtered it, that's just the starting point. Let me just show you a few of those. Okay. That doesn't mean this is some of them. I've only shown some of the ones which are all green. That's then filtered for my students. But we then do a tie break on those. We don't just even buy those. So we filtered it. It's a bit like, um, I don't know, manufacturing something. You've gone through the first process, value, growth, income. All I'm not going to buy any of those, just so you know. Why? Because we then have another process of further filtering based on, and I'll show you the December list because January has not happened yet, so I can't go into the future. Uh, uh, this is the December list. We'll then go through that whole list and say, oh, look, um, ArcBest as a tiebreaker is fine because it's discount cash flow. So don't forget value, growth, income, cat, croaky, momentum, sortino, alpha, and tiebreak tie break, discount cash flow, undervalued, and rising momentum. It's got to tick all those boxes. Now, you might say, would you do buy this now? No, because that's from December the 1st. And in and, um, and in uh, six hours, we'll have the January 1st uh, spreadsheet. So why would we not pick from January 1st? Why would we uh, uh, go one month ago? Because that's too long ago now. Might make no difference, by the way, to pick the December one of ArcBest. Uh, we also had in their general dynamics, but not because it was discount cash. This is the bit people don't get, but because it already ticked on the approved filtered list value, growth, income. So if I wake up at three in the morning, I now know, and my wife says, why the hell do we own general dynamics? I own general dynamics, just so you know. I think it was in November. Oh, no, actually, yeah, this was in December, but also in November we had it as well. So I bought it in November. Okay, and if it dropped off by December, it doesn't matter because I hold for 12 months, remember? Uh, we had general dynamics because it was value, growth. So I'd, I'd say to her, darling, it's 3 a.m., but let's sit down and do a lecture on valuation. Growth box was ticked. Cash return capital invested. Deutsche Bank invented it. Goldman Sachs Wealth Management use it. Dividend deals. So let's have a look at why these things are important, sweetheart. Uh, dividend deals, croaky, all of those, and then discount cash flow. And we also looked at uh, the direction on the MAC. Now, what people get wrong is they only look at, say, that or just what they are. And I said, well, that's wrong. Then you're gambling. Then you're gambling. Okay. So even this isn't enough. Uh, all right. And if I was looking at the Dow, by the way, just so this is Dow December. It's not January. Uh, there's a couple of stocks on there, which are greens across there, but I still need to have done the, uh, but there's quite a lot, which just aren't, I'm afraid. So the others, they're not going to make the cut for me. And he goes, well, they might go up. They might go up. Yes, they might. McDonald's might indeed shoot up. 
or Intel, which I happen to own Intel as we're speaking. I happen to own Intel. Okay. That's the link if you want to sign up. Okay. Now, the closest to somebody who can do all of this, because I think this is what you want to do if you want to make the big bucks in your pension. The closest is DIY, is you, is the private individual. They're the closest. Right. The fund managers are nowhere near close. They're corrupted by the process and the system. They can't deliver. The IFAs are the worst. The robo advisors, there's a lot of apps coming on. They're shoving you in a basket of stocks. It is the biggest gimmick ever. What you do is you create an advert on TikTok with an app, which is essentially all it's ever asking you is, are you low, medium or high risk? And then it just shoves it to a fund manager at the back end who takes all that money that you're giving them and puts it in the same funds you could have done over the phone or you see you're still getting screwed, but you're just getting screwed through a new platform. Okay. Uh, uh, what do you mean they cannot go into cash? Oh, Chris. Yeah. Uh, fund managers in their investment mandate are not allowed to hold more than roughly about 5% of all the money they have in cash because otherwise think about what would happen. Uh, they're not allowed. It's in their mandate. It's in their legal requirements. And the reason for that is, uh, otherwise, they'd be charging you and holding your money. Normally, if somebody's holding your money like a bank, they pay you money. They can't just rip you off. So the regulators have said you're not allowed to hold more than 5% cash because we don't want you creating a fund and having in the small print, we can go into cash if we think. And then you spend all day, all year in cash and you're not delivered anything for anybody. So even though it might be a better thing for them to do, they're not allowed to do it, I'm afraid. I know, perverse, isn't it? Uh, I, we've got a lot of really positive reviews and that's why I did this, uh, as well. Now I'm going to answer some more questions. Oh, no, I've got to show you. So what we narrowed down. So what my team sent me this morning is the narrowed down version. Remember yesterday I said there was about 47 stocks that they've narrowed down for me to have a look at and deep dive into. Uh, and I, whilst I currently own Micron, chances are, uh, and I'm going to run through some other names. So write these down because I'm confused with all that stuff. Um, chances are that might not be held for very long. Uh, okay. Cause it's going to come up to 12 months soon, I think. Um, Chipotle was one of the ones on the short list and I'm going to investigate that more deeply. It might stay on. I will do more broadcasts on that. Uh, Salonese, C-E-L-A-N-E-S-E, uh, Salonese, that one was on the shortlist, uh, but, 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 uh, I, that's n- almost certainly not going to make, uh, the final cut. I'll tell you which ones are going to make the final cut. Uh, 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 it's not going to be take two interactive software. So if I mentioned that yesterday in the final, it's not, it's fired. Okay. Uh, one of the ones which looks highly likely, in fact, I'll probably say with a 99% certainty, Akamai Technologies, uh, Akamai Technologies, that one, okay. Akamai Technologies is is uh, going to be highly likely eligible for me to buy. I can't buy everything, so I might not buy it on Tuesday. But it'll be on my uh, for my students, my great investment program students. It'll be on there as one which is eligible for them to buy because I can't buy every single thing uh, uh, as well. The other ones which look fairly attractive. Give me one second. Is uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Garmin, but I'm not so sure now. Uh, also, Ecolab looks looks like I'm going to do more analysis, and uh, I'll put it on my Telegram if it makes the final cut for my students uh, on there. 
Let me give you a few others. Oh, uh, Live Nation Entertainment looks highly likely as well. Uh, this is because of the fundamentals. You know, we're going to go through the value, growth, income, cash flow, and everything else. I asked them to give me a heads up what things are looking like initially. So it looks like one. And uh, another one will almost certainly be Accenture as well. Accenture. Okay, let me answer some questions because there's quite a few here. Thoughts on trading 212? They're fine. They're FCA regulated. There's an investing platform for a pension. Oh, I don't know if they're good for a pension, I'm afraid. Uh, I don't know that. I don't know that. Patrick, you know, Nancy Pelosi must declare when they trade in funds. Do you ever follow them? And what? It's a really good little thing that they have on TikTok, all these videos, um, on the basis that Nancy Pelosi has some kind of inside information. No. What I look at is what I've told you over the last two years, up uh, two years, over the last hour and a half. That's what I look at. The data of the company's balance sheets, cash flows, and so on. There might be other ways, such as inside information uh, of picking stocks. If if you want to create a portfolio, which is called your inside information, Nancy Pelosi portfolio, be my guest. It's not something I would do. And you can hear from the tone of my voice why I wouldn't want to do that. Okay, remember, fear and regret. Wife, son. That's why I'm not going to rely on Nancy Pelosi or any other politician to give me inside tips. Tell us how to calculate if a company is undervalued. Yeah, price earnings ratio. I want that to be between 2 to 25, and I'll call that undervalued with a tiebreaker on the discount cash flow. Forget the tiebreaker for a moment. That's it. Ideally, a price earnings growth ratio under one. That's it. And if you want to know why that number is simple enough, is this. Now, you might say, hang on. I happen to know that Amazon has a valuation of a price earnings of 50. How did that work? Because you can't look at valuation in isolation. It's got to be that if a company is overvalued, um, you, it, it, you're looking at multiple factors in your way. And so valuation is one factor. But if growth is so great that it outweighs the overvaluation of the company, that's fine. Do you see? So it, it's like any other algorithm or decision you make including whether to go out for dinner tonight or who to marry. What's important? How important is it? What's important is value, growth, income, cash flow, okay, and weighting those. So similarly, the fact that valuation could be higher than 25 will be okay only if growth compensates for it. So that's why it's in an algorithm out of 10 and I score it out of 10. And then I color the boxes green or my team colors them green. So it makes it really easy on the eyes to do it. That's why I don't want to do it manually. Are you ruthless on your 12 months and start as 12 months to perform and it hasn't in that time frame? It's gone. Yes. Uh, have you held a stock longer than 12 months? If so, which ones and why? I have occasionally because of strategically I wanted to own it. I'll give you an example. Peter Crudus is a friend of mine. I've known Peter for 23 years. He's chairman of CMC, okay? So when I bought it, it did rather well. I didn't want to sell my webinars. Again, I'm selling it now because I just felt I was letting down a friend. So that's a friend's thing. I've got some angel investments with friends, which I know, you know, with some of those angel investments, they're mates. Um, If I lend money to my friends, I assume I'm never going to see it again. And that's actually a, usually a bloody good bet as well. Uh, do, 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 any other questions? Uh, sorry, love to run a pub. Oh, no, no, no. That's all. Uh, you know, my family was in the, um, Jack, no worries at all. Uh, my family was in the nightclub and pub business. 
Uh, so we did used to own them. Okay, everyone, I think I've answered all the questions. Oh, mention SJP. I signed up with them in 2021, but can't exit till 2026 without an exit fee. I'd sue the crap out of them. I don't know. I'd speak to the regulator. I, well, first of all, I'd speak to them politely and say, what the F? I want out. And if they still say, no, sorry, mate, you're locked in, I'd write to the financial ombudsman and see if you can get out of it. I know. That, can you imagine they've got the goal to lock you in with an exit penalty? Find out what the penalty is. Um, Drain, in the news, all took a bricks. What do you mean when you say two on average? Chris, go to cash. Okay, so I think I've answered all of those. Uh, what's your view on IBM? I've not looked at IBM recently, I'm afraid, and it's not come up. I think it did come up a while back. Uh, let me just see if it's in here on our shortlist. So by the way, I'll give, I'll throw you another one. Uh, my students will get a more detailed explanation of all of these, but it looks like Qualcomm will almost certainly be, uh, in there. Now I currently own Cognizant and that'll stay in. Uh, in terms of, I think, into January. I mean, unless something happens crazy tonight or something happening while we're speaking. Okay, I'm not going to go through all the other ones which are in there because, uh, uh, really, I've got to give something for the students uh, who are on there because there's quite a lot of work that the team go into uh, in all of this. Okay, am I holding Amazon and Apple currently? Yes, I am. If you watch my weekly broadcast, you must know that. You must know that, that I am. Uh, but as I said, uh, and, and this is really, really important, Okay, this is going to make the difference between rich and poor. This bit that I'm going to tell you when you ask me, am I holding Amazon and Apple? So let's go back to 2022, January. I'm holding Amazon, I'm holding Meta, okay? And Amazon and Apple, okay? I'm holding Meta. And then in February, I say to my audience, I say, right, I'm going into cash, got a good return, but got to go into cash. This isn't looking good. The, and I gave the explanations. It's on my Telegram, it's everywhere else. And I got out of all of those companies and pretty much went to cash into absolutely everything. Okay. And uh, a, a, a friend of mine, he didn't watch that broadcast. He didn't watch the one the next week and the one the week after and the one the week after. Anyway, come December, he said, yeah, I held on to these. What happened, Alpesh? I said, well, you're a bloody idiot, mate. Because you didn't spend five minutes on 50 separate weeks that you had the opportunity to do so to hear what I'd bloody said and repeated every single bloody week. And he did that. He said, oh, I was too busy with my business. So how's that going? He goes, really crap. So, oh, shame you didn't have a pension as a backup as well then. I mean, I get that. And I, I really am ruthless with my friends. If they're idiots, they're idiots. What can I say? Some of them aren't well. Friends. Yeah. Uh, but that's an example. It's a classic example of why, um, yes, I am. But what I'll be doing in a week, I do not know. I can guess. Let's assume all of 2024 is like 2023, which could happen. Then guess what? We're going to be dancing on clouds and I'll be spending a lot more time in the Maldives. Uh, okay. Thanks for asking integrity. I love the content. Thank you. I'd like to continue, but a little too. No, of course no, I understand. Um, by the way, we do do installments, but I fully understand the reason we, we've got a whole bunch of staff. And actually, this is the discounted price. The price is going to go up again. Uh, because as you can imagine, I've got people making a million a year. You know, they've got portfolios of 20 million. And a million is just 5%. They're making a million more than they were before, right? So you can imagine that. Um, and so, the, the, but I continue giving the free stuff. I'm going to continue. I promise you one thing. 
no matter how much we make from this and no matter how big the company becomes when we float it and the software and all the rest of it, I will continue giving free, free, free content and know-how. I will continue doing that. We don't need to because most people come from, I'll tell you, 50% of people come from YouTube, 50% come from TikTok. They don't actually tend to come from uh, uh, webinars. But the reason I do the webinars, it's the time when you actually get to hear me live in real time and I can answer. I think there's something to that when people can do that. I think people appreciate that. Uh, and I enjoy it because I get asked questions which I didn't know were issues. And I've said this in my live talks even 20 odd years ago uh, that I didn't know. Okay, my pleasure, Patrick, my pleasure. Okay, everyone, I think that's everything. All of you have signed up. Please give me about half an hour to give you the onboarding email, which will give you access to my calendar to set up calls as often as you want. But more importantly, will give you access to the data, the further proof filtered list and allow us to set up that first call uh, and get on with sorting out your portfolio. And in that e first opening email, you're also asked to send your existing holdings so we can analyze those for you. And then going forward uh, in that first call, we'll work out which kind of stocks meet your risk reward profile because they might be different to me. I've got students who take far riskier picks and do better than I do, by the way. Uh, and there are other students who are more cautious than me. And don't do as well as me because we've all got different risk profiles. Remember, I've got a portfolio where I'm looking after my civil service wife and my son as well as me. Um, so I want to take less risk with them, not least because my wife's 11 years younger than me and my son is over 40 years younger than me. <sighs> I left it too late. Uh, so obviously their risk profiles differ. So they're going to have different stocks. So they're going to get different returns to me because it's going to be bespoke. They're going to pick off uh, uh, what's bespoke and suited to them. Uh, okay. Oh, here's an example. Somebody asked me about, uh, did you ask me about Intel? So Intel I bought as a, I think it was a special situation earlier in the year when it had narrowly missed. I think it was like a seven. Uh, this was still positive, all the rest of it. And you might say, why the hell are you still holding it? Well, because once you've bought it, you hold for 12 months and you have the spreadsheet that you then go to, which is this, which is, okay, has it been 12 months? No. Has it dropped 25% from the peak? No, I think it's up about 30 odd percent in the last, whatever, three, four months that I've held it. It's got, and it's up a nice chunk of change in that period. That's it. But Alpesh, what if? Well, you know what if. Look, that's our insurance policy that we protect ourselves. What did my portfolio? Watch Alpesh's weekly update and then these two things. That's it. Listen, guys, I really must go. I've got to book some flights, which I've put on hold uh, literally for the Indian Ocean. I'm not flying today, but I've got to book those flights because otherwise I'm going to lose the... Um, the reservation that I had if I don't uh, pay for it. So I better go. Uh, thank you all uh, very much. And uh, let me see. I've got to just check. Have I missed anything? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I've got a YouTube channel. Lots of free stuff on there. Do watch my videos on there uh, as well. I've done lots of videos on why your pension's underperforming, why some funds damage, like Fidelity I've analyzed. If there's any funds you'd like me to analyze, send them in and I'll do a little video on them. So there's lots of videos on on that. You can also see reviews that people have done of uh, the program. And uh, I do a inspiring interviews. That's Lord Popper, Lord Hastings. Uh, that's my cousin who's head or who's CEO of Swift. Something big, I've forgotten. Uh, something big like that. Uh, Baroness Verma and all of the people. And we talk about success in life and all the rest of it. And then there's a whole load of stuff on career clinics, if you're into careers, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, do follow me on LinkedIn. 
uh, clients, you can connect with me, but everybody else just follow on LinkedIn, please. And you'll see articles that I've written. I also summarize every day, uh, at least the books that I recommend and what I've read. And I'm also summarizing for the next month or so, the top 10 takeaways of all the big uh, funds and banks. So whether it's Fidelity's research or Goldman Sachs's, uh, that's all on there. Um, this is from BNY Mellon, Bank of New York Mellon. And I've summarized that. So you can see it there. Uh, and so every day I'll do a couple. That's the world's biggest indices for the year and the year to date performance and what did, who did what. Uh, but that's on LinkedIn. Also all the funds and how rubbish they are. Year to date down 37. Last year down 62. Wonderful. Down 25, down 22. Barry Gifford lost about a, I can't remember how many billions of people just pulled out of them. I mean, just absolutely. I hope you're not with Bailey Gifford. Jeez. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wish I was the owner of Bailey Gifford because I'd be managing trillions. I'd love it. I mean, I wouldn't be complaining, but I'm not. So I don't have that conflict of corruption. Why does pension perform poorly? That's on there as well. Oh, and Goldman Sachs. I did their report as well. Read it, gave you the top 10. Uh, things to take away. So there's a lot of that. It's all free on LinkedIn, all completely free, all completely free uh, on that. And then if you do go to arpishpatel.com forward slash shares, that's where you'll find it. Oh, look, there's it. all that stuff. Okay. Thanks everyone. Any other questions? Let me know. Uh, thank you all very much. Um, uh, Joseph, so will you publish your 2024 picks? Uh, yeah, to my clients, Joseph, but uh, they'll get the full list and the full approved list to the public. I will give them a bit here, a bit there and so on. Not the whole list. Otherwise the, you know, the clients would go, what the hell? Um, so the clients uh, will get the whole database and they'll get the final filtered list. Everyone else just look at my telegram for posts. So the answer is sort of yes, Joseph, just have a look at my telegram channel. If you don't know where the telegram is and you don't know where YouTube is uh, and all the rest of it, if you just go to arpitral.com forward slash links, I'll put it in here. You'll find it. Uh, com forward slash links. Uh, you'll find it and you'll also find the LinkedIn, YouTube download of the book is there. Look, free copy of the book is all there. So there's a whole bunch of stuff is there. Uh, my LinkedIn's there. Uh, and there's a lot of free education on there as well. But my YouTube's on there somewhere as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure. My interviews with inspiring people. There's a whole bunch of stuff on there. Uh, I'm co-chair with Lord Billamore of the Lumbar Foundation. So if you're particularly interested in that, uh, as well, that's on there as well. Uh, and my blogs, they're all free and the blogs are really important as well. So I will publish it. Um, uh, but not as a full finalist. It might be, okay, I've bought these three stocks or whatever. So it'll be in bits. Uh, um, yeah, Patrick, I'd say if you wanted to reverse engineer and filter, I'd say, um, if you go to say Yahoo Finance, um, Patrick, uh, and I've done this on my free programs. I've explained this to people. Uh, if you go to Yahoo Finance, uh, you would be able to get a lot of the data and then reverse engineer, you know, create a spreadsheet from that data. And I think Yahoo Finance is free. Google Finance don't anymore, but have a look at Google Finance, but they don't anymore. Uh, this is uh, just why I do all the stuff that I do. I essentially, through the free materials, 
want to at least let people know about this whole issue that's happening with their pensions. Um, but yeah, have a look at Yahoo Finance and you should be able to get the data on on there and be able to sort of create a value, a growth, an income, a cash flow. Uh, you won't be able to create croaky because they don't have it, but you could create a cash flow metric. So at least it'll help filter, filter, filter. So definitely do that. Um, but have a look at Google Finance as well. They're probably the two best um, places for getting, because guess what? They're in the data business for getting that data. And Yahoo Finance, I'm almost entirely sure is free uh, on that. Uh, and if you need a good letter, it's on my blog. If you need a good letter with which to sack your IFA, then here it is. Uh, I think it's particularly funny and witty, uh, but there it is. Okay, listen, thanks everyone. Uh, and thanks for signing up. Uh, all of you who have, and I will email you in just a second uh, as well. I've got, oh, sorry, I've got some private Q&A. So there's a Q&A bit here. Um, I have a pension through my employer and I'm still working at 40. I can only move the money into funds available from the pension provider's platform. Can I withdraw money and transfer it into my private pension SIP account uh, to invest on my own selected stocks? Yes. What you would do is you'd find the SIP that you want to be with, whether it's uh, AJ Bell, Barclays Bank, Halifax, Free Trade, uh, Hargreaves Lands, and whoever it is. And you'd open the account and then when you fill in the forms, when you open that SIP account, they'll ask you, are you transferring a pension from somewhere else? And you'd say yes. And they'll say, who is it from? What are the details? What's your number? And you'll fill all that in. And then they'll say, right, they'll contact that pension provider and move it across for you. That's how it happens. So they do it for you. It takes about three months, I'm afraid. Uh, but yeah, that's how it happens. We've got another one. Uh, no, the webinar discounts only for the webinar because outside of the webinar, I know I'm going to be really busy. So it goes up at a premium, uh, as well. And prices are scheduled to rise again, I'm afraid next year. And that's because I've indexed it a bit like Bitcoin. I've hit, there's fewer places. So there's more students. So there's less of my time, but also I've indexed it to like most things in, in the world. We've index linked it, uh, in this case to the NASDAQ. And I only raised uh, the price. Well, I rose, raised the price less than what happened with the NASDAQ this year. You might say, well, are you going to drop the price if the NASDAQ falls? Probably not, because I think the students are pretty bloody happy with the returns they're making. So, okay, uh, like I said, I'll continue doing the free stuff, guys, because I appreciate not everybody's in this boat. I, like I said, 90% aren't in the payment boat. I grew up in army with no silver spoon, but I don't want those other people who can't afford all this to be left out. So I will continue doing the free stuff. I will guarantee and give you that commitment um, that I'll continue doing that. So thank you all for being there. And and like I said, we've got a ton of free materials if you look at arpishpatel.com forward slash links. So do look at all of that. Um, so I'm not going to just say, oh, well, sorry, this is for Etonians only because uh, that's not how I grew up. So yeah, the free stuff will continue. Okay. And I'll continue educating and continuing. Now I really better go. Uh, thank you all very much. Sorry, I have taken way more time than I had ever intended, way more of your time than I'd ever intended. But thank you all very much for being on the webinar and uh, a happy new year, a very happy new year. And may it be a prosperous new year. And I know if it's prosperous, it's highly likely to be a happy one. So thank you all very much indeed. Uh, and wishing you all very well. Thank you. <laughs>